morning and welcome home everyone. Um, just wave around, say hi and good morning on this like cold rainy weather. Send some warm, warm uh, feelings to the and warm up the cockles of your heart. Alright, thanks for all joining us online and on site. Alright, um, it's wonderful for us to you know gather together and um, especially not being alone in the front. Alright, having a community and friends all around helps us to live out you know ourselves, our lives, our identity in Christ more confidently. Right? So as we prepare ourselves for a time of worship and celebration, even in the midst of um, maybe loss in our lives, right? because the, this sermon series is for the Lent, it's ashes, and today we're going to talk about loss. So as we prepare our hearts you know, and um, take stock our inventory of our lives, all right, of what we have gained, what we have lost, right? Regardless what we have, we lift them up to the Lord. Let's um, invite everyone. Let me invite everyone of us, all right, to rise in body and in spirit, all right, and prepare our hearts by responding to the call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us be glad this day, this life for breath and for freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. We come to bring our gifts of praise, of gratitude to God of creation. God is good and in God's work we find our strength. We sing of all God's wonderful works. Let us give thanks and praise to the Lord. Good morning, everyone. What beautiful weather we have for the past few weeks. It's so cold. <laughs> um, however, it's perfect because I can invite you to close your eyes. Let's just sit for a while. Center yourself. Take time to let the events of the week transpire. Let God's goodness flow in and out of us. Let's just take a minute to sit and allow the Holy Spirit to fill this place. Psalms 13. Many of us are like David. We cannot feel God's presence. Our hearts are overwhelmed with sorrow, with torment, with sadness and worries about loss about our health, about our work. Let's just take this time to rest in God. 
take comfort of God's unfailing love for us. of his overflowing goodness. i 
there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me
Jesus' name. Let's sing it to God. I am blessed. I am called. I am healed. I am whole. Please be seated. Good morning. Will you join me in a time of prayer? You know, um, I don't know if you knew that there's a giant tree an old rain tree um, at Tiong Baru that fell and, you know, across the road and blocked off the entire road. It was a giant tree and it has deep roots. But the relentless rain over the past week, non-stop, has softened the ground, the soil being loose, and the tree weighed by the water on the leaves, and the strong winds fell over. In our lives, there may be storms. And no matter how confident we are, how confident we are anchored, there might be things that happen that uproot everything that we know. And it is in these times that I'm reminded to trust, to trust in God, the one who created us, the one who loves us beyond measure, to trust in God's provision, in God's comfort, and in God's will. In whatever situations we find ourselves, God, 
May we learn to turn to you. Someone shared with me this week that it's easy to pray on normal days. It is hard to pray when I'm struggling. Especially in the storms of our lives. We want something more certain. So we frantically try to do it ourselves. Forgetting that God, we can turn to you. And God, help us turn to you. And at the same time, learn that we don't stand alone. No matter how big and giant we are or we think we are, when we are connected to one another, when our roots grow and meshed, tangled up with other people's roots, then whatever storms that come, we weather it together. And we gain strength from these roots that tap into the source of living water that sustains us. So God, in this season of Lent, help us learn. Help us learn to lean on you and learn to connect with one another in the deep roots that we have in faith. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So good morning. I'm doing prayer and also doing the sermon. And I see some new faces. And for you, for those of you who are not familiar, we use um, this uh, um, mentee um, to facilitate and to construct the sermon as we go along. And I'll ask some questions and you're able to um, add in your feedback. Um, you can go to fcc.li slash mentee or scan the QR code and then you will get transported there. Um, and you can join in um, via your mobile phone. And this is one of those times that you are in church and I tell you to take out your mobile phones um, and join me in this um, reflection and discernment together. So let's start. So this week, I came across this quote from Kate Bowler. To observe Lent is to prepare for loss. To observe Lent is to prepare for loss. From the very beginning of Lent, we are made aware of the transient nature of life. We are reminded, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And we can find ways and means to deceive ourselves and to pretend everything can and will last forever. But all that is vanity. And I spoke about that last week. Only God's love is everlasting. And so this week, I'm going to talk about loss. There are different kinds of losses. The loss of a person, whether it is an end of a relationship or the end of a person's life. It could be a loss of a way of life, whether it is losing one's job or one's physical ability due to health issues or even one's way of seeing and understanding the world. 
It could be loss that comes from moving and migration. We may not think much of it, but to be honest, saying goodbye to so many people who moved overseas last year did have an impact on me. So, it is a given that we will experience loss at some point in our lives. The question is, how do we prepare for loss? How have you prepared for loss in your life? Yes, I'm throwing you almost in the deep end of the pool. The first question is something that's very heavy. But I want to invite you to think about, you know, in the losses you have experienced in your life, how have you prepared for it? I think I need help to press enter to see the answers. Yep. Seek therapy. Find something to fill the gap. Daily quiet time and prayers. I didn't. They just happen. Sometimes loss comes as a surprise to us. Yes. Sit with the grief. Research steps that must be taken. Yes. Faith is all I need. Um, I would say that that, that I think that faith is what we need and then there's some other things that come along. Praying to God, yes. Be cool and calm. Conversations with loved ones, journal, reflecting on it later, lots of prayer, speak, talking to people. Admit my powerlessness to this fact, yes. Sometimes it's beyond our control and recognizing that is important. Think of all the scenarios and plan for them mentally. Yes, we can do that. Um, but sometimes that might lead us down the rabbit hole um, and we cannot stop thinking and ruminating about all the different scenarios. And sometimes, you know, it is important to plan and sometimes it is about surrendering. Not prepared at all. Yeah, sometimes we're not prepared at all. Now, this is the thing, right? Um, since we know that we are going to face loss. There will be some things that we can do right now, right? You don't have to wait for it to happen to be prepared. Right? When I confess to everyone about a crush, um, I didn't live in a moment, keep thinking of the future and I regret it. Hmm. So these are the things to think about. I would share with you that earlier in my life, I didn't know how to deal with loss. I simply ran away and pretended it wasn't there. And spoiler alert, the grief did come back one way or another and I still needed to deal with them. And like some people said, you know, therapy is one of it. And finding out all these things and uncover it so that I can heal from the grief coming out from this loss was um, what I did. And of course, I now have some tools um, to deal with loss in healthier ways. So, I want to share with them with you today. Now, oddly, these tools are derived from what would Jesus do? And people often are like, huh? You know, can, can it be so? The first tool that I will share with you is allow ourselves to feel the emotions that come with loss instead of running away or avoiding these emotions. I do not know how many times at wakes and funerals, I've heard someone say, telling another, the person who's grieving, don't cry. Followed by whatever reasoning to try and make that person feel better. 
honestly, that's not a good idea. Of course, at that time, you know, I'm also there as, uh, you know, as, um, to be there for the person. It was not, I wasn't there to, to lecture. But I would tell you, don't tell people don't cry. Let them cry. Telling someone not to cry is asking them to deny and suppress their emotions, and that will lead to more issues later on. They may, de- they may even try to deal with those emotions like um, what someone has mentioned in unhealthy ways like finding ways to numb themselves. The reality is, sometimes people tell other people not to cry because of their own discomfort with crying and display of emotions. And sometimes, we are just repeating unhelpful advice we have been given before. So, we look to what Jesus would do. Jesus, in one of the shortest um, verses in the Bible, John chapter 11, verse 35, wept. Jesus wept at the news of his friend's death. I often thought of this example of how Jesus behaves in contrast to toxic masculinity. After all, Jesus cries here, something that men are told not to do, and they're instead supposed to repress their emotions. But there's something more as I approach this passage after reflecting on it during a week last month. Now, um, I won't read to you the entire um, John chapter 11, but I'll bring you through a few points that, of what's happening. Lazarus was sick, and Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, telling him, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that, the God, that God's Son may be glorified through it. And Jesus even said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I am going there to wake him up. And even though Jesus knew he would bring Lazarus back to life, Jesus wept. No matter how prepared we are for loss, we cannot avoid the feelings that come when it happens. Even Jesus, when he comforted Martha, saying to her, your brother will rise again, even though he knew he was going to bring Lazarus back to life, and he was the one going to do it, huh? couldn't hold back the emotions when they showed him where they laid Lazarus. Jesus wept. So the first tool we have is to acknowledge our feelings and allow ourselves to feel the emotions that come with loss. Not easy, not what we have been taught, but you know what? That's a tool that allows us to trust and let go and surrender. The second tool comes from another occasion where Jesus was deeply grieved. And this is from Matthew chapter 26. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. 
Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you sleeping and taking your rest? Now the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Look, my betrayer is at hand. There's much to be learned here at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knew what was to come, his trial, his crucifixion, and his death. And he too struggled with it. If it is possible, he said, let this cup pass from me. And this is the second tool to prepare for loss. Prayer. I'm glad that many of you mentioned prayer in the, as I asked the question earlier. When we pray, there are many ways to do that. We can be silent, we can be speaking aloud, we may even weep. We may not be even able to conjure up words and just have sobs and sighs. But God listens. And as we pray, we, like Jesus, will struggle. And maybe we, like Jesus, will bargain with God. And then we move to a space where we pour out the emotions we feel into the prayer. My soul is deeply grieved, even to death. A lot of times people ask me, like, if it's okay to be angry at God. Of course it's okay. It's okay to feel all these emotions because God knows. God loves. And God loves you. And holding space to be able to feel those emotions and let them come out so that they can be processed, so they can be dissipated rather than suppressed and later come out in a very unhealthy way. And as we struggle, my Jesus, we might say, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And, and through that process, and this, this may take, you know, not just one night or one occasion, but a period of time, we might, we will arrive to the second part of what Jesus said. Yet not what I want, but what you want. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. Hmm. And maybe finally reaching, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. This transition from struggle to acceptance is a moving 
the movement of aligning our will with God's will. And, as I said, it probably will take a period longer than just one night. And that's okay. It is a process. It might, the loss might have already happened. But this is the grieving process as well. Because grief doesn't just happen at the point where we experience loss. It happens before the loss happens. And it continues to happen after the loss. And then, it leads us to the third tool. Ask for support. And this is an insight that I gained when I was reading the passage again. Because Jesus asked for support. Remain here and stay awake with me. You know, he wasn't just asking them just to be there. They were his companions, his friends. Even Jesus asked for support. Remain here. Stay awake with me. Having people support us through times of loss can make a huge difference. We do not have to go through difficult times alone. See, even Jesus reached out for support in his time of need. Of course, not that they, are, they were very helpful. Lah. They fell asleep. I must admit, even I find it difficult to ask for support myself. So I want to ask you, have you ever had the difficulty reaching out and asking for support? Why do you think that is so? Why do you think you have difficulty asking for support? Maybe something that we don't often talk about, right? We try to emulate strength, but we rarely emulate vulnerability. But Jesus here shows so much vulnerability. Okay. Thank you for responding. I see the biggest one is pride and ego. You know, the two are very are related and connected. There's a lot of pride, you know. We cannot step back and say, I need help. And that's, uh, and tied on to that is also shame. Shame that we are not good enough or we are not strong enough or shame that we even need help. But who doesn't need help? Who doesn't need support? No one's alone. Are we going to be like that lone giant tree in Tiong Bahru? You know, might be standing tall and proud and beautiful. But when storms come, and storms do come, and then the soil gets, you know, wet and soggy and no longer, and the roots that we thought were strong and deeply, um, you know, sunk into the ground, cannot hold on anymore. It's holding on to the soil, but the soil is just clumpy and then we just topple over. Troubling others is another one. We do not want to bother other people. Afraid of judgment, insecurity, inferiority, don't want to look bad, doubt people would help. 
need to be independent, can't rely on others, feel unsupported, trust issue, face value, worry about being rejected. Thank you. Thank you for responding to that. I think that, yeah, I think for myself, there was a fear that I'll be rejected or abandoned. And sometimes we might even think that people don't care about us. Or we might think that we do not deserve the support. And maybe we think that the matter is too small to bother other people. Asking for support is very counter-cultural counter in these times where self-sufficiency, independence are valued, and vulnerability is seen as a negative, negative thing. Right? Yet, that's what Jesus demonstrated. We always ask, what would Jesus do? And here is an example of what he did. And we didn't follow. I have shared three tools, right? To help us prepare for loss as an individual. And I to move to flipping it around and talk about how as a community we support individuals' preparation for an experience of loss. After all, this year's team is walking each other towards growth and wholeness in Christ. So, flipping the question around is, how do we walk each other through loss? How have you walked with someone through loss? I'll just give a quick one and say, don't be like Jesus' disciples who fell asleep. Right? Be present. Listen. Not assuming we know best, very good. Um, yeah, being present and be present, you know, seems to be the one that comes out. Be empathetic, be there for them, hold them tight, encouragement, checking in with each other, active listening, regular check-ins, a hug, right? Prayers, praying together. Be our help, right? Thank you. I will highlight that prayer is not the only thing uh, because sometimes we say, I'll pray for you and it's kind of like the thing that we, can, we do in lieu of doing other more practical things. Um, prayer and listening. Prayer and being present. Prayer and acts of service. And all these things need to be done together, right? Thank you. Yeah, remove our ego. Very good. I think you all have kind of like, you know, um, crafted out the rest of my sermon already. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, especially the not assuming that we know best because I want to talk a lot about that. We want to be like Job's friends at least for the first seven days, right? Let me read from Job, chapter 2. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namite, heard about all the troubles that they have come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Sympathize, empathy, comfort, huh? You know, what you all brought up earlier. And when they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. 
and they began to weep aloud. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. So far, so good. For seven days and seven nights, they were supporting Job. They were there in silence supporting him. Then, of course, after that, I'm not going to read you the rest, you know, they started talking. And instead of being supportive, they started offering their opinions, started offering explanations of why things happen. And really, that isn't helpful for someone who's grieving and suffering loss. I wonder how much of these advice and opinions Job's friends offered had more to do with them and their discomfort of what happened rather than really caring and comforting Job. Were they trying to explain what happened to Job so that they can feel good, better about themselves and more secure and like, because I am better than, you know, you must be sinful, you must have done something wrong, you must have transgressed, that's why some, this happened to you. So for me, I should be okay because I'm not transgressed. I wonder if it's part of that. Walking each other through loss, as many of you have mentioned, is sitting quietly. It is not having a theological debate or offering advice and even explanations for what happened. All of it isn't helpful. Offer advice only if you're asked. Even if you, have, you think you have very good advice. Often, our need to give advice is more about us than about supporting the individual. It's more to do with our discomfort with our helplessness. So we try to help by offering advice that isn't solicited. I always think about Jesus, right? When Jesus was restoring Bartimaeus' sight, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus did not assume what Bartimaeus wanted. He didn't prescribe, he didn't advise, he asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And I've shared this before, that this passage really helped me in changing my approach to supporting people in my ministry. I have in the past before any training, been very frustrated at people who came back to me, you know, to share the same problems they shared me, with me many times before. And in my mind, and often I say it out loud, right? Haven't I already offered you a solution? Haven't I, you point, haven't I pointed the way forward for you? You haven't taken any of those actions, and you come back to me with the same thing. And, you know, I was very short of patience. I wasn't listening to them. I was trying to problem-solve for them and what they needed and perhaps what they weren't able to articulate clearly was that they needed support. And support was just a listening ear and someone to be present with them and hold space for them. They are trying to process what they're going through and maybe they might reach a point in time they will ask, right, what can I do? What's your advice? 
But that comes much later. What they need is to feel supported, loved, and have someone hold space for them in the midst of all the confusion and all that's going on. Now, listening to someone isn't agreeing with them, right? Uh, I, this I have to learn as well in the whole process because oftentimes I'll disagree with their theological stance, disagree with what they're saying, disagree with their explanation of why things happen. Listening to them is not agreeing with them. Listening is just being present and holding space for them. And in the process of doing so, they will feel supported and they will feel loved. They will feel valued. They will feel a sense of normalcy happening again. I came across this from uh, a chaplain in Tampa General Hospital. And J.S. Park says this, When a person grieves, very often they are falling. Falling into a sudden vacuum of loss, falling to hard and overwhelming emotions, falling into a new normal, literally falling on the floor. In many ways, I am trying to catch them. Not to stop their grief, but to be with them on their way down. To be with them on their way down. We are too often focused on results and outcomes and we want the situation to change and to be improved and to be better, right? Restored straight away. But the invitation is for us to just be there and hold space for people. The Lenten kind of space. The space that's filled with silence. The space that allows us to reflect. The, the space that allows us to prepare and wait. The space that allows us to experience love and support. The space that's waiting for God's will to be done. Now, I must say that Sometimes we try to talk, we try to give solution because we are unable to be with people on their way down. When people are falling and we want to catch them, if we are not anchored well, then we might not be in that space to be with them on the way down. That requires clarity. That requires knowing the limits of our ability. Because if you are not in a good space, you may not be able to do that. You might, you might need to recognize, you know what, I cannot support this person at this point in time. Of course, you can tap on other people who can. That's what community is about reaching out to other people who say, you know what, I, I cannot do this, but maybe you can. It requires us to be very aware of ourselves in some way. I remember someone describing the process of um, counselling and helping people. It's like being the safety um, rope, right? When someone, you know, when someone falls, we are the ones that are holding them. But they also need to go into that darkness to, to uncover all these things that they are afraid of. This, all the emotions and everything 
this dark hole that they're falling into, once they know that there's a safety rope for them, then they feel secure. Then they are able to allow themselves to feel those emotions, like what I say with the number one, right? They are allowing themselves to feel and know that they can get out of that spiral because there's someone there for them. That's what we as community can do. We can equip ourselves. Pauline and I can, you know, we are here for you, but we also can help you develop the skills to do that for each other. Then this is what community looks like. It's not depending on two ropes only, right? And there are times that we are like, I cannot take it anymore, so I'm getting burned out. If all of us are doing this together, what kind of community we look like? I really, you know, like that botanical imagery, right, of the redwood trees that stand so tall and yet their roots are not very deep. But the reason why they are able to uh, withstand a lot of storms is because their roots are actually interconnected with one another, you know, and they gain strength from each other. They support one another. And that imagery is like the bamboo that I described several weeks ago. The bamboo might be able to bend in the wind, but the roots, the roots are, are deep and the roots are connected to other. You know, it, they grow, they, bamboo just don't grow alone. Bamboos grow in groves. That's what we are invited to become. And I want to invite you to think about that. As we deal with our own stuff, as we help each other walk through, this is our journey. Walking each other towards growth and wholeness in Christ. That's what I'm gathering from my discernment. And so, I want to go back to what I was talking about, right? Recap. Today's sermon is short, huh? The tools to deal with loss to allow ourselves to feel the emotions that come with loss and be gentle on ourselves. And perhaps you might need, you know, uh, someone to be the anchor for you, someone to hold space for you as you wrestle through those emotions, to pray, and pray a lot, right? Pray in whatever way that works for you. I don't want to be prescriptive, because each of us connect with, we are all individuals and each of us connect with God in our own way. But pray. And then also, and these are not in order, you, can, you might have to do all three at the same time, right? Ask for support. Ask. Don't make assumptions that no one will help you because that's a lot of times what we think in our heads. And as a community, these are tools to deal with loss as an individual. As a community, we hold space for each other. Um, I really like it, you know, that, you know, in our word cloud just now, nobody said, you know, offer advice, right? We hold space and not offer unsolicited, unsolicited advice or opinions. But sometimes people do ask us, right? Maybe some of you are experts in your own area and people ask you, you know what, I'm going through this problem and I will need your help. I need your advice. 
And that's solicited advice. They, they're asking for it, so offer that. But if you're not asked, then it's okay, right? And be present. And perhaps you might not know how to be present because nobody taught you that, you didn't go to seminary. Well, here's one way that is very helpful. I thought it's very practical and very real, and I've shared it before um, by um, Carrie Egan, um, another hospice chaplain, and from a book on living. She says this is what she does, okay? And some of it, she's describing how she goes in to support patients um, whom, who are total strangers to her. But in your situation, it's unlikely that the person you're supporting is a stranger. But, you know, use whatever is helpful. She says, I take a deep breath before I enter the room and I ask God for help. Then I remind myself why I'm there. I let go of everything else in my mind and I try to focus love in my heart. Then I go in, say hello and notice if the person notices me. Then I smile, but not too big a smile and I tell them my name. I try to create a feeling of peace and acceptance and love with how I move and sit and look. I focus all my energy on their face and then I imagine a giant bubble of love encompassing me, uh, encompassing the patient and me. Very helpful advice. The, especially the imagination on the giant bubble of love. Because sometimes we don't know what to do, right, in those situations and it might be, we might struggle a lot. Now, to unpack some parts of it, right, um, one is, you know, focusing entirely on why you are there and what this conversation is about. It's not about you. It's about the other person. And put away all the distractions, right? It's the least helpful thing that you are there supporting somebody and then you're texting on your phone. Mm. And a lot of times, I realize that people are texting on the phone because they're uncomfortable with the emotions that are surfacing. They are, there's a lot of discomfort. Stay with the discomfort. Stay with it. You know, that person is relying on you to feel safe and anchored. If you are not anchored and you're not feeling that, you know, um, that steadiness, they too will feel it. And then, know that God is helping you. You're doing God's work here to be with someone, to hold space for someone. You are God's presence in that moment. So, thinking of that bubble of love surrounding that person. That works for many situations as well. Thinking of the bubble of love surrounding the entire congregation here. That's a kind of prayer too, Right? So we, rest, we are able to rest and be that resting space for someone going through a difficult time. If all else fails, it's just that, that loving bubble and putting everything else aside for that, maybe for that period of time that you're spending with this person. It may be a few minutes, it may be half an hour, you might be the whole afternoon holding space. Carrie Egan continues to share, 
the meaning of our lives cannot be found in books or lecture halls or even churches or synagogues. It is discovered through acts of love. If God is love, and I believe that to be true, then we learn about God when we learn about love. And then we know how to be with each other through our loss. May we be that kind of community that's able to support each other through the loss that we'll definitely experience in life. This is who we are called to be and who we can live out and be a blessing to the world. Imagine if all of us, everyone, not just here at FCC, but everyone in the world can hold space for one another. What kind of world will we live in? And I'll leave you with that thought. Will you pray with me? God, you are always present. Always present. And we are the ones who fail to notice your presence. And so, in what we do, in the times that we walk with one another, as we manifest your love, as we imagine your love, just like that bubble around all of us, may you strengthen us, may you guide us and give us the wisdom and allow us to be able to hold space for our friends, our companions on the journey in their suffering, in their loss, that we are able to hold space and be present and simply listen. And in doing so, may you manifest yourself in the purest form that is love to surround us and to heal and to make us whole again. May we do what Jesus did, allowing us ourselves to feel our emotions no matter how uncomfortable they are. May we learn to pray in all the different ways, in joy, in anger, in sadness, in grief. And also to ask for support, trusting that there are others around who love us as you love us. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Miak, for the sermon. And as we come to a time of communion, I'm reminded this meal is, in, its, in many ways, an anchor for us. It anchors us to one another because it's a meal that we partake together. It also anchors us to the wider Christian community across space and time. And most of all, it anchors us to God's love because this meal is the ultimate symbol of what, how God has expressed love for us. 
So as you partake of this meal later, I invite you to just hold that in your heart and allow that anchor to bring you that assurance and comfort that God loves you and that will give you the strength to go through losses in your own life and to comfort others who are going through loss as well. So we gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not need to meet any criteria. You do not need to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, Mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called to praise and give you thanks. We thank you, good and gracious God, for calling us to be your people, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to touch and bless our world. Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness. As people caught in our tradition, we confess that we have helped perpetuate systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons. We have paid lip service to equality. Our lives are based on discrimination of the other. We have been our own worst enemies. We have failed ourselves, others, and we have failed you, God. Moved by your power, we accuse ourselves because we have not allowed you to form us as a new people. We confess our sin and we pledge to work for reconciliation with one another. We thank you, gracious God, for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppression, in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings, to receive your mercy and forgiveness, and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting death to show his love for us and you. We remember how Jesus came to us, becoming one of us, born like us, of flesh and blood and bone, a fully human person like us in all things but sin. We remember how on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends for one last meal. Siblings, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die ever. This is my body broken for you. Take, eat, remember me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood shed for you. Take, drink, remember me.
I now invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. If you're new with us, uh, please just hold on to the elements and we'll all partake once everyone has been served. For those of you who are watching at home, uh, now would be a great time for you to get some uh, elements of your own to represent the bread and the wine so we can all partake together. together. Jesus, you are always present in our midst. You come to us simply, lovingly, humbly, in word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and in the love we share with one another. Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, and his rising to new life. Let us partake together.
I invite you to stand in body or in spirit and join me in this prayer. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourished us at your table with holy food and drink. Thank, Thank you, you for, for feeding our, our hunger and relieving our thirst. thirst. With, With deep, deep gratitude, we, we offer you our lives, our love, ourselves, gathered in Jesus by your, by your life-giving Spirit. May we become a new people, wholly pleasing to you, a people giving glory to your name. Amen. Please be seated, and the ushers will come around to collect the cups so you can pass them to the aisles. Thank you. Good morning and welcome once again everyone to Free Community Church, our Sunday service. I see many new faces among us. Welcome, welcome to this space we call home. And uh, we'd like to just share with you like, for our free, right? It stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. So for those who are familiar with this term, maybe I always I'm the one only saying it like, or the service leader saying it. So can I invite every one of us, let's say it together. First Realize Everyone's Equal. Okay, I... Some people may find it very lame, right? But I think positive message need to be reinforced because the tel world tells us otherwise. All right? And this is the purpose of us living out a new, as a new uh, per people, our new identity, re or rediscover, reclaim our identity as children of God. All right? As we come into this space, come together as community, you know, to live out this truth. All right? So my name is Jimmy. I'm your service leader for today. All right? And I'd like to welcome all those who are joining us on-site and online. All right, welcome home. Um, uh, welcome this space, your affirm, regardless of your gender identity, your sexual orientation, your social economic status, regardless. You don't even have to be Singaporean. Don't need to show me your passport or anything. All right. So, you're welcome to stay in touch with us. We'd like to know you and serve you better. Please help us to do that by going to fcc.li slash welcome. Alright, and if you are interested to know more, uh, know us better, have questions for us, or understand our mission and what we, our church you know, is, uh, believes in, you can come for our newcomers meeting on the 26th of March. Alright, that will be the last Sunday of the, uh, the month, alright, after the service. If you are interested or you have any question, please go to, uh, please email us at info at freecomchurch.org. Just an update, um, on the first Sunday of every month, we'll always give an update on, on the progress of, uh, of our budget and our receiving. So for the month of, as of end of February, all right, we're almost on track on our uh, annual budget for general fund and falling behind also by a little, it will be our building fund. So these pocket of funds, right, the general fund goes into the operations. Alright, the running of the church, alright, uh, procurement of like um, services and also equipments uh, when things break down or consumables. As for the building fund, it goes down to paying the mortgage of the church. Alright, so these are two different um, uh, funds, alright, they are on separate accounts. So, I'd like to invite in all of us to prepare ourselves for our giving. Alright, you can you pay by pay now, by scanning QR code or if you are giving by credit card, you can uh, set it up as a regular payment uh, on a monthly basis or weekly basis um, by going to freecomchurch.give.asia. 
So as we are preparing ourselves um, to practice this act of uh, this spiritual act of giving, all right, uh, let us examine our hearts. I invite all of us, right, to examine, um, especially in this period of Lent, all right, what we like to offer. What to some, sometimes loss can be good, you know. Sometimes we give uh, for a proper cause. So I'd like to invite all of us to examine things in our lives, our talents, our abilities, maybe what we have on hand to offer to one another in this community uh, as a family. I'd like to invite all of us to join me in the prayer of thanksgiving for the offerings. Dear God, we come before you as a community, as a people, beloved by you. We give thanks to you. Thank you for calling us together, for loving us, each and every one of us. Help us to open our eyes to see our own belovedness. God, we thank you for being the God of resurrection. In our gains, in our blessings, in the good things that we enjoy in our life, you are the Lord. You are our teacher and our friend. And in our loss, in our grief and in our pain, you are our Lord and our teacher and our friend. So we offer you to you what we have. Our talents, our blessings, and the fruit of, fruits of our labour. This is our act of love. This is our act of trust. Help us to deepen our relationship with you. We give thanks to you. We give praise to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Alright, can I invite the stewards to come forward to receive the collection of the offering? For those who are giving by cash or check, you can just uh, raise your hand and the stewards will come to you um, to receive the offering. So I'd like to just quote for the next part of the announcement. Alright, remain with me and stay awake with me. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. So there are just very short two, or two announcements, alright? So... One will be a news ace event is coming along. All right, last 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 uh just last week I think we had our ace. All right, I think oh yeah last month in February we had our ace, which will be the estate planning. But coming from March and April, we will have new ace activity that is exploring wellness. So just let me let me read uh, a little bit about the exploring wellness. It will be led by Jose, all right, a friend of our community, all right, who has. 30 over years of experience working with people and let's meet uh, workshops such as like Language of Love, Power of Now. It will be conducted in small groups of 6 to 10. So that's why there will be a multiple sessions that will be running. All right. So it, it is a space where it's an opportunity for us to come together as small groups of people from a faith uh, perspective, right? How do we grow, uh, how do we take care of our wellness, right? Through small group support. This is actually a good um, opportunity for us to build new skills, especially those of us who are in the cell groups or you are at maybe professionally, you know, you are in a work of like diversity and inclusion and, or even like HR, how to talk to people, right? So if you're interested or even uh, to find out more, right, just scan the QR code, sign up um, for the event on the 19th, 26th and the 2nd of, uh, of March and 2nd of April, right? So we're going to play a short video. Alright, uh, it's a promotional video, um, so let's take it away. 
Okay, so that's the end of the video. I believe. <laughs> hmm. And well, abruptly, I recommend using new AI tools for <laughs> creating <laughs> videos. Uh, I'm in the tech industry, so I'm a strong proponent of using uh, increasing your productivity and and audience engagement using technology. So, however, let me bring your attention to the next part. Right, there'll be a church re re uh, retreat. Can I have a woohoo in the house? <laughs> right. So, how many of you have already like book your book your dates down? Right, not book the booking lah, but have your block out your dates on the calendar. So, if you have not done so, many of you have not done so. Okay. 90% of your people have not raised their hand, huh? so put it down on your phone. All right, second to the fourth of June. All right, this year we will be having our church retreat at the Batam Harbour Bay, Batam Swiss Bell Hotel. All right, so there will be more details coming along. All right, we are just finalizing, you know, the final discounts and pricing and everything. Right before we 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 share more details with you, but the dates have been locked. Please lock it down on your calendar. So that will be actually the end of the announcement. For the next part, right, we'll be going to our benediction. So before that, may I invite the worship team back? Um, there's another announcement? Oh, there's a lunch kaki announcement. So today there'll be a lunch kaki. May I uh, ask who will be Chua? Chua will be the lunch kaki for this week. So for our new friends who are in church, if you are, you know, like you're, you're by yourself, you're alone, and, you're, and you like to connect with our members of our community, right? With trusted members, right, we actually have a volunteers uh, who volunteer themselves to be lunch kakis to eat with anyone who you know want to find out more, have conversation, and find out more about church over lunch. Please uh, look for Chua at the end of the service. All right. So before I move to benediction, I invite the worship team back on the puppet, and I'll hand over the time to the uh, later. We'll hand over the time to. Pauline for benediction. Thank you, Miak, for sharing some tools with us um, in how we manage our situations. For me, my tool is music. I sing songs to God um, in times of fear, desperation, and the simplest songs um, of God's unfailing love by far the best so if you could rise and sing with me God you're so good
You're so good to me, to us. And God, even in times of loss, we want to run to you. We want to cry to you. We want to pray. And ultimately be able to say, God, you are still good. Your love embraces us. to you. And I pray that we may become a people that will be so wrapped up in your love that we can wrap other people and this community, everyone who undergoes loss in that tremendous love that you have for us, oh God. So now go. Go as God's beloved to continue to experience God's love in your life and to embody God's love to others, especially in the most challenging times. And may our God of love go with you 
both now and always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. Go and may God's peace go with you. Have a blessed week ahead and we hope to see you next week.